packing a punch. It's not usually the thing you think of when you think of an Avo cigar. Avo Vazian, the musician, the cigar manufacturer, the story, the bit of legend, and the work that he did with Hendrik Kellner in putting together the Avo heritage. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, the Avo heritage, the special Toro, which is a six by 60, which means it's six inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 60, the diameter of the cigar, or how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch a- around. Avo is one of the great names of cigars, one of the great stories of cigars, a great success of cigars. And there are so many different Avos, whether you're talking about the Fogata, whether you're talking about the Kareem, you're talking about the Exo, the Domain. There's a series of, of these. Me, uh, the Avo Lounge, which they don't even make anymore. Is one of my all-time favorites. If you happen to have one or you happen to have a box, uh, yes, I'm buying. I just <laughs> want to say that for the record. And then, of course, there's the, the the Avo Classic. But the heritage, the heritage is is a is a strong, strong puppy, full-bodied cigar. And the way you can tell this with Avo is look at the box and in the bottom right corner of the box. When you open it up, you'll see musical notes. Avo was a musician, and it's an homage uh, to him. And you take a look at how many notes are filled in. That's the intensity scale. So if you only have a one quarter note, it's a very light cigar. Five quarter notes, this cigar is going to punch you in the face and make fun of your sister. <laughs> Just like Fingers Malloy. Wow. So is this a five quarter note cigar? This is, as I know it, a five quarter note cigar. And some people refer to this as a medium. I never have. But it's so fascinating that this cigar, in, in, in that first light, it isn't just pepper. It is actually a spice. Yeah. There is a strength to it. If I said it was pepper, you'd think, okay, is it black pepper? Is it white pepper? Oh, no, no, no. The answer is yes. It's black, it's white, it's red. Right off the hit, directly feeling it on the lips, and that's rare. I thought when I first started smoking this that it was an intense white pepper with some other spice that I couldn't put my finger on. But it is there also with this 6 by 60 Man, this thing is stocky. Oh, it is. Uh, I believe the term is, is it beefy? Beefy. Right? Perhaps a billy club, <laughs> yeah. as we say it in the Eat, Drink, Smoke show vernacular. Uh, it's it's beautiful. There's an Ecuadorian sun-grown uh, wrapper, Dominican, the binder, and filler. And what's interesting here is that you, you've got a, just the slightest touch of oil, right? The slightest touch indeed. But the wrapper, it's, it's almost, I would argue, by design, it's a beautiful color. It, you, you might think of it as ugly because there's a veining and everything else, but the leaf is so pronounced. It's so prominent. It looks like it could be hanging from the tobacco plant. Yeah. You can just see the leaf everywhere. It, it is a spectacular sight to behold. I feel like if uh, a tank were to take cigar form, that's what this is. Uh, I, I, you know, you never want to drop a cigar, right? But I feel like if you if you drop this, you might crack the tile. <laughs> That's where I was going, my friend. Uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled with this hand feel. The the, the ring gauge. I think I, I I agree with you about ring gauge. It's a little bit uh, bigger than I'm comfortable. Oh yeah, with. this is not my comfort zone at all with doing a sixty. But it it's still okay. Well, I'll tell you, I had to cut it again 
So this is a regular cap, right? You you light uh, toast the foot, you light from the foot end, you cut the cap end. So I like to do a very shallow cut, straight cut on something like this. There's no need for a V cut. The last thing you need to do is intensify the draw yeah. on the Avo Heritage. So I do a straight cut, but as the cap is 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 curving, that's where I like to cut it. So I call that a shallow cut. I wasn't getting the draw. It just was not working for me. It was too much work. So I went back and cut it a little bit more, opened it up a little bit more, and now now it's a dreamy little thing. So this is an intense smoke. Where would you position this in your day? Would you finish the day with this after a, a, a full stomach? I- Brilliant question. And the answer is I don't understand the idea of big cigars at the end of the day. It's not that I haven't done it before. Right. It's that I don't understand it. It's not where it belongs. To me, the the bigger cigars belong in that mid-afternoon, in that early evening. Yes, you've had lunch. Yes, you might be snacking on something as you go, something maybe a little more mundane. Um, but it's it's not there to overwhelm. Too big of a cigar after too big of a meal doesn't make sense, doesn't work. You're only putting yourself in pain, and you might not get the full enjoyment. So this, 3.30 in the afternoon? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, you definitely, in my opinion, don't want to start your day with this. Uh, and also, when you have something like this, it, it throws off my sleep. I don't know if it, it throws off your sleep, Tony. Where if I were going to have this at, if my normal bedtime was 10 o'clock and I lit this up at 8, I, I just feel like between how the enjoyment of this to how full it is, how it, it you know, you don't want to say it punches you in the face. I feel like this will keep me up a little while. So, in any time you're having a tobacco product, just natural nicotine, things like sure. that, it can absolutely affect your sleep. And and it also will depend on what you've paired it with. And so, the, all those things can happen. Right? Did you pair it with coffee? NyQuil. <laughs> How much NyQuil? Well, enough. Uh, did the job. Then you no. should be fine. <laughs> then everything should be okay. I don't even know what you're asking. By the way, pull out your notebook. Time to start taking notes. What did you eat today? What did you drink today? It started off beautiful here in Indianapolis. We're talking about 60-degree weather. Then we became a little bit overcast. And after the cold we've had, this has been joyous for the month of February. Uh, what did you eat? What did you drink? That all has an effect on your palate and how you taste things. And then break the cigar in your mind into thirds. First third, second third, and final third. Write down those flavor notes. What are you getting out of it? doesn't matter how descriptive or maybe you'd like to go simple. Just write it down. When you have the cigar three months or six months from now, you do the same thing. You go back and check the notes, and you'll start seeing your through line. What is your palate really telling you about this cigar? The Avo Heritage. Uh, we're doing the special Toro right here, which is the 6 by 60 smoking absolutely beautifully, as an Avo always does. Now, the special Toro, in the notes that you've read, is this something that is in limited supply, or is this something that people should be able to... To find if they I don't if they think carry Avo at the have lounge. any problem fi- finding this cigar. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, in a- a- any place, I think it's an, a very easy find. It's an online find. Uh, yeah, and and the question, fingers, Malloy, is it in your humidor for between eleven and twelve? Yes. <laughs> Avo is a Avo is is a. I, I don't want to say it's a value. Because that's kind of denigrating the brand. And that's not it. Because for a lot of people, $10, $11, they'd rather be $7, $8. Yeah. 
So this is a little bit up. This is a really good little bit up. Avo is a brand that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if someone offers you one, you'd be like, great, because you know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be a quality stick, whether it's the Fagata or whether it's it's the classic. Oh, I keep classics in my humidor all the time. Avo, Avo, have faith. Have total faith. Uh, this is a, it's a big stick. And right now I'm starting to get a bit of that uh, tobacco forward with a touch of cream uh, underneath. Everything is working so far. We'll see how we feel when we get into the second and third of this Avo Heritage special 6 by 60 You've got questions, we've got answers, which I'm pretty sure I stole from a commercial, and we're about to get sued, Fingers Malloy. I think it's for NyQuil. No, there are no questions. <laughs> and there's no answers. There's only sleep. <laughs> Passing out. Forgetting about your children. NyQuil. What can it do? We are a terrible influence. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. Let's go bourbon. Let's go barbecue. Our two books available at Amazon.com. Now for purchase, nothing says Valentine's Day like Let's Go Barbecue and Let's Go Bourbon at Amazon.com. When I think romance, I think smoked meat. And the way to cook smoked meat, the way to smoke smoked meat, the best way to learn about it is to go to Amazon.com and pick yourself up a copy of Let's Go Barbecue. One copy? Did I say one? I meant a baker's dozen. A baker's dozen? Did I say a baker's dozen? I meant 35. That sounds right. Let's go barbecue. Available at Amazon.com. You've got questions. We've got answers. We have a, a question from someone from Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. Fingers, what are they asking? This was submitted on Instagram, Tony. Mm, from, where you can find us at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast. Yes, sir. It's from uh, FCH1979. I don't think you're allowed to say that on radio or podcast. I spelled it, and it's not the, you know. I mean, what did CH ever do to you? That's true. Uh, The question is this, Tony. I've always heard you never light a cigar with a lighter or torch. You only ever use a piece of kindling like oak, cedar, or maple. Do you think this would or could affect the body of the cigar? This is a fantastic, fantastic question. Because the answer is no. No. (laughs) which part so the idea that you would light a piece of cedar is the idea that you don't want anything interfering with the cigar butane from from let's say a a bic lighter or something like that you don't want that getting in there you don't want to be inhaling that you don't want that changing any level of the i'm not gonna say composition but just flavor in all of the cigars that i have smoked over the day never mind the week the month the years the idea that a torch has somehow interfered with the flavor to a moment where I could recognize it? No. I've never come uh, 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 across that. Certainly a piece of cedar is, is, is a traditional. And I've done that before. And it's a fun thing. But you know what? It's not practical. It's not practical. The torch, whether it's a single flame or it's, or it's, a, or it's a triple flame, uh, it... it it's a much more practical, much easier. You're able to get to, I think, of a place of heat in a better way and in a more um, covering way, as opposed to uh, a, a, a soft flame or or sometimes like with a, with a butane lighter, like like a bic. A, you might possibly with that get a little bit of the butane flavor in there, but it just takes a little bit longer to do. 
a, a torch lighter allows you to be pinpoint. It allows you to get better coverage depending on how many flames uh, that you have. Uh, and, and that part is totally about personal preference. But the idea that a torch, a torch will affect the flavor. We're in the, th we're in the thousands for me, certainly. I'm sorry. We're in the tens of thousands for me, certainly. And the answer is nah. But th the idea that a Bic can have an impact on the flavor of your cigar is absolutely true. I mean, I have, you know, sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures, and I've lit a cigar with a Bic before, and you get that lighter fluid kind of flavor when you light up, which is unpleasant. That uh, it is. Now, the, the one thing about that question that's uh, interesting to me as well, he said uh, use other wood other than cedar. I've only seen people use cedar sticks. Do people use other kind of uh, wood? I don't have a great cigar? answer for that question. Have you ever seen it? Historically or regionally, no. I've only ever seen it be cedar sticks. Uh, uh, but is it, is it possible? I guess I guess it's possible. But then again, in every cigar lounge, in every highway and byway that you and I have ever been to, fingers, any place we've ever been to, it's a torch. Yes. It's 100% a torch. And... And, and for the record, if you want to spend money on a torch, you can. If you're going to use it as a showpiece, you want to pass it down to your children, okay, go ahead. Otherwise, if you're spending more than $20 on a lighter, I think you're nutty. I, I feel that way because for me, a lighter, a lot of times it's like sunglasses where I, I'll set them down and then I'll leave. And then two days later, I realize I didn't pick them back up and take them home with me. I've left lighters places, and I would feel really sick if I, you know, set a hundred and fifty dollar lighter down and left it somewhere because you're not getting it back. That, yeah, you're not. Now I'm not saying that you can't get them, and there are things that we recommend, and you'll be hearing about them. Cutters is a different story. Cutters are worth the money because there's nothing worse than going to cut your cigar and then ruining it. Yeah, seeing it explode, seeing it crack. Cutters matter. And sometimes you have to replace them because those blades do get a little dull. And then there are those who will actually sharpen your blades for free. You just send it back in. Cutters, humidors, those are places where spending real money matters. Lighter is a very, very selective thing. You are not kidding about the humidor. I, I got a new humidor about a month ago. And I had struggled with the humidor that I had making sure that it would stay uh, around 68%. Uh, humidity. It, a lot of times, it was dipping down into the the low fifties. No matter what I tried, it didn't seem to work. I got this new humidor that's uh, it looks like a wine refrigerator. That it, not only does it heat, it cools. And I've had that humidor for a month and a half, and it has stayed perfect. And there's such a difference in the quality of of the the, the cigar smoking experience when it's properly so stored. Your conversation is interesting because you said sixty eight. I'm a 72 to 75 guy. Okay. 68 for me is, is, is a little too low. And that is all about personal preference. Now, when you're using one of these refrigerated humidors, which they do work, I happen to have one in addition to some other things, and I have a massive humidor as, as we build out the new studio. I have a 1,700-count humidor that I cannot wait to season and then live in. <laughs> I'm going to go into that thing and change to my superhero costume. Like, it's an old-school phone booth. Can we have a moment of honesty here? Could we? Sure. When it's all done, the studio's done, 
and that humidor. Am I gonna roll around naked in it? Yes, I am. I wasn't gonna go quite that far, but you're sleeping in that room at least the first night, aren't you? Yes, I am. Like like it's my first time camping. Oh yeah, there's gonna be snacks. It's good. I'm gonna stay up all night. I'm gonna watch the sunrise. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, so I, I have one of these refrigerated humidors, and they're very popular right now. These things have to you have to keep an eye on them. And one of the weirdest things is you might find yourself needing to every other day open it for two minutes. The seals are so good that you have an opportunity to create issue. Too much moisture, over humidification. You got to air it out a little bit, get some air in there. Because of the seals, because it doesn't have the natural ebb and flow of a traditional humidor, which is a really weird thing to think about. But guys, they work. They work. Yeah, you're right. Because at first, when I was tinkering with it, it was it was staying at around 80, between 75 and 80 percent. I noticed my my cigars were getting spongy, a little spongy. Now it's perfect. And and you got to work it. Yep. You have to work it till you find your place. What is it that you like? It's a very, very personal thing. Then again, you know, if you light with a torch and you don't like the way it tastes, light with a stick of cedar. There's no judgment. But we love the question, F, and we thank you for it. Sometimes it's not bragging. Sometimes you just don't understand how bad the thing is you're showing off. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. What are you looking at me for? Southwest Airlines. Uh, the same people who want to give a whole row to people who are overweight. Sorry, you got kicked off the plane because somebody else needs all three seats, but they don't pay for them. Oh, that story still sticks with me. They uh, showed off in a, in a video how they're cleaning up their, their jets and they're going to have the, the, the new uh, fleet. And they've got the enhanced customer experience, power outlets, larger overhead bins. But you take a look at the seats and you're like, man, that's not much room. That is not much room, and people are, are started complaining. How, exactly how close am I to the next person? How many more seats did you fit on this plane? See, it's interesting uh, that people are focusing on that, and I can understand it. You know, uh, I'm 6'3". I weigh 170 pounds. Yes, you do. Uh, and I look at that thinking, wow, I'm going to be cramped in that seat. But what the other thing I notice is you look at the thickness of that cushion, and man, that looks like a horribly thin cushion. Yeah, the seat itself is so much thinner. But in in to to discuss technology for a moment, cushion technology has increased vastly <laughs> in the past twenty years. We can thank the space age polymer. We we've got memory foam. We've got uh, microfoam, seafoam, of course. (laughs) All the foams are represented. And of course, there is what is known as the Lindell Leap. What Mike Lindell and his MyPillow technology has done for the comfort industry. It's it's like the 5,000-year leap, but in pillows. That's the Lindell Leap? Why? What were you going to call it? Moving on. So maybe, maybe it, you still get the comfort level, even though it's thinner. I won't know till I sit in it. But man, you are right. It looks small and uncomfortable. And is there room to stand? 
There was a, a, I forget the name of the CEO, and I forget the name of the airline. Is it true that you wanted to take toilets, or at least the front toilet off the plane? He said, absolutely true. It would allow us to put in X more seats and would allow us to reduce the cost of a flight by X number of dollars for every single customer. It, it wasn't, there wasn't an apology. It was, I understand the economics of this thing, and you're a moron. And then someone asked, is it true that you wanted to be able to have a way for people to stand during the flight? And he goes, absolutely, we could do this and add this much more, reduce cost by this. Is it safe? Totally safe. <laughs> totally safe. We've got a plan by which you get to fly. You sit on the pilot's lap. It costs only X. You get a discount. It doesn't come with alcoholic drinks, but you do get all the peanuts you can muster. Wow. I, I'll tell you, uh, this all sounds wonderful. The future of tomorrow today I swear to you if i don't get a private plane and write that right soon i'm gonna lose my mind but here's the thing when it comes to southwest and looking at these seats they look terrible right but they they may very well be comfortable maybe they do look uncomfortable i mean just the visual yes the way you get seated on a southwest flight now is you know you you check in and you get your uh, letter and number assigned and you're standing in line it feels like and then and then you go on the plane and you pick your own seat right i feel like if these seats are as uncomfortable as they look it's going to be a free-for-all you know the the gif the gif the gif the gif uh of that people share of uh looks like a, a wwe royal rumble where there's 30 wrestlers in a ring uh, in a scrum fighting. That's what boarding a Southwest Airline uh, plane, uh, a flight will be like if these seats are as uncomfortable as they Why? look. Why do you say that? Because it's all going to be, at least you could think to yourself, it's going to be a comfortable seat. Okay. Now it's going to be, if I'm going to be uncomfortable uh, in, in the seat, I'm at least going to be in a position where on the plane where I want to be. So I'm going to fight extra for that window seat. I'm going to fight extra for that aisle seat. I'm going to fight for my life because I don't want to be uncomfortable and sitting in a position on the plane that I don't want to be on. I think we need to engage in an experiment where you and I, neither (laughs) one of us is what we would describe as small. We should go on a series of Southwest flights and take the middle seat. (laughs) Just see who sits next to us. We should take the middle seat and spread out. And while we're sitting there, we should eat kebabs. That's an excellent idea. Hot dogs. May, may, I, may I suggest that we don't get on first because the middle seats are going to be open no matter what. We get on last and have a GoPro camera on and watch the <laughs> facial expression of the people next to the open middle seat to see their reaction when you're walking up with a full slab of ribs. <laughs> going to their seat Uh, everything about this makes me happy everything about this makes me joyous oh we should do that how quickly would we get thrown off a plane with a full by the way people have done this they've had full slabs of ribs on a plane you know what full slab of ribs has been done tuna melt (laughs) what is the most disgusting food you can bring onto a plane so how obnoxious can we be with this so say you bring the tuna melt on and as they're getting ready uh, to take off and they're doing the thing, uh, can you say, stewardess, do you have a microwave that I can warm up my tuna melt? Just to see the reaction from people around you. To, to wanting to warm up a tuna melt 
or for saying stewardess. <laughs> the whole thing. In the, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Does this idiot really think they have a microwave on this plane to warm up his food? Wait a minute. He's got a tuna mill. Did he just call her a stewardess? What's going on here? <laughs> the whole thing's wonderful. <laughs> All right. We can do it once. <laughs> Just bring money to rent a car when we're never allowed to fly. Just making a short uh, flight. Uh, again. Meanwhile, at McDonald's, it is $18 for a Big Mac meal. And I'm very confused by the people who don't understand why this is happening. So this is a story from the New York Post, but the story has been everywhere. The uh, CEO of uh, McDonald's, uh, Chris Kamchinski, said, uh, look... Uh, we understand that people who aren't making big incomes, they're not coming into McDonald's anymore. We've lost customers. And a Big Mac fries and a drink in some places is 18 bucks. And hash browns, hash browns are up to $6. That's insane. Six bucks? It's a pressed hash brown patty. It's pressed potato. Yes. Is what it is. In Connecticut, someone paid $7.29 for an Egg McMuffin. Which I ain't going to lie, that's still a deal. <laughs> the Egg McMuffin is so great. But people are wondering why in the world this is happening. And the answer is the state of California, which now wants the minimum wage to be $20. Yeah. The most important thing to remember in all of these conversations, and fingers, we discuss this often. When there is a forced increase in labor and labor costs, the restaurant doesn't pay that. You do. And they re- try ways of reducing their labor costs if the customer is complaining about the prices by going to automation and kiosks. So you increase the minimum wage, as states do, thinking they're doing some kind of good. And what happens is less people have jobs because the jobs get automated. And to make matters worse, you've got people who are losing their jobs and you're making the costs of burgers go up at a place where lower income people think to themselves well at least i can always go and afford mcdonald's for my family and now the price the the price is out of control for lower income people where they're they're tapping out they're like i can't even afford to take my family to mcdonald's on a friday and that creates that creates unrest in 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 that you don't feel comfortable in a society if you can't do the basic things even on a, a a simple income you feel cheated and you're like what is happening around here and so it, it, to the extent that it, we can discuss it politically, man, that's not good. And it, it, it's, it's once again proof of, A, where some of this economy is at, and B, the idea that we do these things and, oh, look how we're doing such good for the people. It's not really the people who, with the jobs, the people having to pay for the food. You got to love it when something new hits the shelves and you're like, ooh, we get to try it first. Well, a couple people have been able to try it before us. But we think those people were stealing. Stealing, I tell you. Ah, they just got to it before we did. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this, from the Brown Foreman people, it's Old Forester. The 1924 10-year bourbon. This thing is flying out there. This has got people excited. This is new. This is flying off shelves. People have been talking about it. We have a chance to drink it. A mash bill that is 79% corn. That would mean to me that's what, Fingers Malone? Sweet. Sweet. 
11% rye, 10% malted barley, and coming in, fingers Malloy, at 100 proof. 100 proof. Always applause for anything 100 proof or higher. Uh, Old Forester, it's a classic. It is a standard. A whole incredible mix of, of, of bourbon. Some that I've enjoyed, some that I've said is not for my palate, but everybody was talking about this. And here at Blend Bar Cigar, where we record, blendbarcigar.com, Brian, who has done reviews for us and other work for us, uh, the, 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 the key bartender here is like, guys, 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 <laughs> guys. And then he said, no, seriously, guys. And then he just started pouring. That was, by the way, a totally accurate reenactment. So this, by the way, doesn't look like it's going to be anything special. That is a very standard coloring uh, right there. More in the honey than anything else. Not really, in, in at least in my glass, in my Glencairn glass, anything that's like got a deep copper or heavy reds uh, to it. More, I, I think. I think what's it, because a little bit later is when we're recording. It's looking a little darker, but that's that's not like a, a, a super deep rich coloring. To me. No, it's not. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And th- again, this may be the lighting tone. It's not really coating the glass. No, uh, it is not. All right. I, I just put a flashlight on it just to make sure. <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy. It's a little darker than golden. It is a little darker than golden, but that's not necessarily sticking to the glass in terms of the viscosity. But the nose on this thing. Oh, my gosh. It smells brand new. You're. It's got that new <laughs> bourbon smell. Uh you want your car to smell like that, and then you realize if you get pulled over, you're going to jail. That is a beautiful nose. Yeah. That's, that is that is orchardy and appley and creamy. I thought to myself, wow, there's a little smoke to it. And then I realized I had my cigar in the same hand as the glass. <laughs> that is, wow, that is, that is nice. I'm going to say apple. Yes, I would go with Apple. Uh, also, at 100 proof, there's really not any, maybe a touch of an alcohol. A stickle of ethanol. Yeah, a stickle. Right there. But that is. But it blends in with the apple, so it's hard to, 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 to pick it out. Yeah, that's for some reason, as, I, as the more I stick my nose in it, it's hitting me with some strength, which is super weird. But as, that is nice. That is nice. There's a little bit of dark fruit coming in as I keep my nose in there. It's definitely yeah. apple the first, and dark fruit kind of kind of builds into it. All I know is uh, it is the 1924 from Old Forester. That is the Brown Foreman uh, Company and Distillery. Fingers below, are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We do it neat, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. And fingers taking that first sip. We call it the Kentucky Chew. Move it around the palate, get a real feel for what's going on. Sometimes you want to take two sips. The first one to set the taste buds, right? That initial hit. And then the second one to really get an idea of the flavor. Fingers, what do you got? A uh, nice sting on the tongue uh, that lingers a little bit of heat, but not much going in to the chest. That dark fruit is there. Uh, there's some oak and maybe some maple. Maple? Yeah. Well, now you're just talking crazy. All right, I'm going in. I'm okay. going in. The 1924, 10-year-old bourbon. That's nice. Straight bourbon uh, from Old Forester. Here we go to your health. To my health. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony is going in. He's doing what we like to call the Saginaw Swish. 
Um, mm. Now he's doing the Memphis Munch. This is the second week in a row. We did the Clyde Mays last week. I can actually taste the char. Wow. Oh, that is a great finish. That is a great finish. It's super. It's weird that that palate was like super fruity, like like super like like too much fruity. Oh, but that finish is hot, not spicy, as in damn good. Oh yeah, you got the char. You got a a little bit of a cookie going on in there. There's a spice that lingers, at least for me. Um, it's on. There's a lot going on. I, I'm, I would say clove-esque, but it's not clove. Oh, that's... Uh, I. Oh, it's in the cheek. It is all about the cheek. The cheek... The, by the way, no heat uh, in, in, in the chest at all. No burn going down. No sting on the tongue. But I feel it oh. in the cheek. That's where I feel it. So that... The way it hit my tongue, it's like I can't figure out if it is because of alcohol or if it's that spice. But there was a, a sting on the tongue. Uh, and But it doesn't – you would never know that this is 100 proof unless somebody told you. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't and, – and it doesn't It doesn't play that way. It played more that way on the nose than it did, um, than it did on the palate. Super, super – like like moving fruity like and and I'm not I'm not saying that in a bad way it's just that that little bit of that that bit of dark fruit that that it's, it's funny you don't get apple on the uh, on on the tongue but it's it's moving through it is a touch creamy on uh, as as it sits there um that's that's fascinating I think this would play for the entire table because you you do get enough oak there to for a traditional uh, bourbon drinker that likes uh, an oaky bourbon, but it also it's sweet enough to where if you are, are someone that doesn't usually uh, like a bourbon uh, but maybe has a little bit of a sweet tooth, it's sweet enough where I think that it would play for that uh, crowd as well. It's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. Ah, uh, you you you're 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 troubled, Tony. T- tell me what's what's going on here. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure what is going to happen when I move this to a cube or add a little bit of water. I don't wanna. The qu- <laughs> is it in your liquor cabinet for 125 dollars a bottle? Ooh. Uh, and by the way, that's if you can find it, because we're already hearing about secondary market kind of things yeah. where people are gobbling these up. The 1924 Old Forester, 100 proof, 10-year. I think if for a special occasion bottle, for something to bring out uh, to a group of people, like, look what I got, and have everyone be happy that maybe you've got a, a rare bottle to try. I, I definitely think it's it's worth a, a, a look at your local lounge for a pour. I I don't. I, 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 don't, I don't know where I'm at yet. This is going to have to move to a cube. It's the only way I'm going to know for sure is if I move the 1924 Old Forester 10-year to a cube. That is going to happen. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. We are smoking the Avo Heritage. This is the special Toro 6x60 
We, I'm in the, the second third. You're in the final third, Fingers Malloy. It has mellowed out from that big, big kind of mix of, of pepper spice when we first started. That cream has come off nice. It is a, a bit tobacco forward. I would argue there's a, a little bit of a, of a, of a nuttiness uh, go, going on. It's a nice, nice stick. 11 to $12. It, it, it won't do you wrong. There are other avos that I more gravitate to. Uh, the avo uh, classic number three is something I gravitate to. If I can ever find again the avo lounge, which they don't make anymore, I would buy it by the box. Uh, there are some great sticks. Some people are big fans of the Fagata, the Exo. You, you, you can't go wrong here. You just can't. Yeah, you already mentioned uh, the notes. I think you're dead on. Also, the construction is is wonderful. Uh, it's been a very low maintenance stick. Really haven't had to touch it up all that much. Beautiful smoke coming off of it. It's it's a really good cigar, especially at that price point. Now, this is a 60 ring gauge, so a 64 would be a full one inch around. So this is way bigger than I like to do. But the draw is super simple, and I am uh, in, enjoying it. Check it out where you are, the Avo Heritage. Special Toro 6x60, and we are drinking the Old Forester, the 1924 10-year bourbon. Now, we did this neat, and it was this unique mix with, with apple on the on, on the nose, and then that that, that so much fruit on, on, on the palate, and a, a little bit of wow factor there, and then that finish that gave you some char and gave you some cookie, and really, really fascinating, and then that fruit kept moving around and i'm like i don't know where i am with this you fingers are are, were were somewhat taken by this yeah i i really enjoyed that 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 spice that hits you that uh little bit of dark fruit that to me it's maple i've seen some people describe it as graham cracker uh i think we're playing around the same area when it comes to that uh i i think if you bring this bottle out People are going to be wowed because it is rare. I can understand paying for it uh, for that reason only. Other than that, uh, it's 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 very nice. But at that price point, if you're just saying to yourself, I want some good bourbon, I just don't know if I'm there. $125 a bottle and flying off shelves as we're hearing the story. Now, Finger's going to add some water to his. I'm putting mine on a big cube right there. That's the proof. That went on a big cube right there. Now, a, a rock, uh, water, that's what brings down proof. Water brings down proof. That what it's, that's what it does. But it also can open up a bourbon. It can bring some flavors down, build some flavors up. Fingers, you added a little bit of water there. Just get the nose on, the on nose. that. I'm surprised how it, it really changed the nose just by putting a little bit of, of water in it. I feel like so bring up more of that dark fruit and took away a little I, bit. I almost want to say it was a touch chocolatey now. Maybe that is the maybe that is the darker fruit, but it's not as apple as it was. No, and there's not that little hint of uh, ethanol alcohol on the nose either. Right, I'm going in, going in. He's going in. He added a little bit of water. It will change the complexion of the drink. You want to try it these ways. See which one works for you. Something that you might only think is okay can really be something that is your favorite when you make these little changes. To me, it brought out that spice. That was there before. It brought it out a little bit more. It, it muted the dark fruit a little bit and brought out more of the oak. All right, I'm going in. I've got mine on a. That's a big rock right there, people. Here I yep. go. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Louisville lip. Oh, it muted the. F- it started off bitter. 
And I actually feel this one in the throat now. Mm. Um, it's better. Okay. There is some oak that's now come out. That's, that's nice. That's nice. That's, that, that, is, that is a better drink. That is a better drink on the cube. Hold on. I'm going back in. Fingers. He's going Hum back a few bars. in. Ladies and gentlemen, he's doing what we like to call the Kentucky munch. You don't have that right. Yeah, a little more heat on the tongue. You actually feel it on the tongue this time. You actually feel it in, in, in the throat. Oh, see. Oh, that's pleasant. I can see where you like this oh, better. Oh, wow. I, I like some oak in my bourbon. I'm not complaining about that, but I actually like that that sweetness that the, the dark fruit brought that it, it kind of muted when I put the cool water in How there. about this? I'm a no to a yes. Really? At 125, I'm a yes. Mm. Wow. Okay, first of all, I still feel in the cheek, heat in the, in, in the throat. I can feel the heat on the exhale. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, wow. That that spice really lingers on the oh. tongue for me, too. But it, is, it isn't hitting. It's just enveloping. Oh, that is so nice. And it got it got you. It, you uh, finally, I'm feeling the oaky. Yeah. I'm feeling the oak in that. Oh, 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 I'm going in again. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you know, we understand that this is a pricey bottle. I mean, especially when you're looking at secondary market prices, two, $300. But you know, we're here at Blend Bar Cigar. They have it for you to try as far as a, a pour. It may be at your favorite lounge to where that's more affordable. It's definitely worth the experience. That's that is a different drink on the rock, man. Yeah. That's an absolute pleasure. An absolute pleasure. That's the Old Forester 1924 10 year bourbon. Damn. That's all right. But it's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Now, Tony, we have been discussing for quite some time how new and used car prices have skyrocketed over the past few years. And, you know, automotive uh, manufacturers are looking to ways to cut costs to make vehicles a little cheaper. Ford has announced that they're considering getting rid of the automated parallel parking feature in its vehicles as part of a cost-cutting measure in 2024, saying few customers utilize it anyway. That's absolutely right. Few customers utilize it anyway. I, I've never heard of somebody in, in, utilizing it, thinking it's good. There aren't many places outside of major cities where you parallel park anyway. How much are they going to save, though? 60 bucks. What? $60 uh, per vehicle. It will save uh, a customer. First of all, that's it? That's it. Isn't that amazing? $60? Yeah. Uh so my question is, first of all, I totally agree with you. You see the commercials uh, from these car companies uh, featuring this as something that a consumer will enjoy. And it looks cool on a commercial. But real, realistically, I'm trying to think, I may parallel park three or four times in a year. You know, and, and I live in suburban Indianapolis. I go into, into town where I've got a parallel park, but it's, it's really rare. So I could totally see where it's one of those things where uh, you say to yourself, wow, that's a really cool fe uh, feature. And then two years of owning the vehicle, you're like, oh, I've used this like twice. Right. What am I paying for? 
Yeah, but you. But for those people that already paid for it, this is Ford saying, sixty dollars a vehicle times X number of vehicles that saves us a whole bunch of money. They're not going to lower the price by sixty dollars. They're still going to get their sixty dollars. Yeah, sixty times how many vehicles? They say it'll save them about ten million dollars a year. So they're going to make an extra ten million dollars a year. Yes. Just so we all, I'm not opposed to it. You still got to work your deal, but it's not like the price of the vehicle is coming down. I'm not even mad at them. But you don't have to add things that people don't use. I don't think I don't think it's necessary. What other features could you see an automaker saying, you know what, uh, we're going to get rid of this? Reverse. <laughs> I'm tired of people going backwards. Always forward, people. I wish they would get rid of the reverse cam. What? I think people rely on it too much. You know, it, it doesn't take much of an effort to turn your head. Now, I understand that there, I don't need the hate mail. I can't turn my head. I get that there are some people who it's very difficult at an advanced age to do that. But I feel like some people rely on it a little too much and may cause uh, problems in the parking lot. Fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. That's where you email him for that r- ridiculous idea. It costs $700 per car. I just made that up. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Ah, the big Super Game Bowl football thing. How exciting. Just don't want to get sued. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. Get everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Come join what we're building over there. Of course, the big game means food, means the snacks, means gaining weight. I will tell you, I am doing a brisket. I am ready. I've got a 15-pound prime brisket. Ready for me. I cannot wait. Fingers Malloy. We will eat good in the neighborhood. Huh. So you focus on the meal. Well, no, not really. Brisket can be anything. Sure. You know, if, if, if I serve it as, as a platter, it's a meal. If I serve it on a bun, it's a sandwich. If I just uh, cube it up, it's uh, and put some toothpicks in it. I'm a genius. There's nothing brisket can't do. Okay. So I, the reason why I'm asking is normally I just have a normal dinner before the Super Bowl. And then I go uh, before the Super Bowl, I go to the grocery store and buy the worst possible snacks for you that you could possibly consume. And what would those be? So the kids, they want their bagel bites. So you got to have the bagel bites. Then you got to get the taquitos, uh, the frozen taquitos and the frozen uh, mini tacos. What about the Tostino pizza rolls? Yes. Pizza rolls are always a staple in the house to begin with. Uh, Also. What? Are they really? Oh, my youngest. Listen, uh, this isn't we don't. we, uh, we, We don't let this happen every day. But if we would, my kid would eat pizza rolls every day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Loves the pizza rolls. And the only thing that disgusts me about it is she puts them in the microwave. Which, you don't, of course, pizza rolls are only supposed to go in the air fryer. You know it, I know it. Uh, <laughs> the, the Romans knew it. What? It, they only go in an air fryer. They're air soggy. fryer's a scam. Oh, jeez, here we so go. So pizza rolls, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, dip. I, we've got, uh, if, you go to, uh, if you find us on Facebook, we did a video a few years ago. Oh, the Rotel dip. Yes. The Rotel dip is there. Uh, gosh, the, the, the family, they like uh, guacamole. Oh, I love guacamole. There will be a fair amount of guacamole. So it's all snacks and really bad foods and, and maybe a Sunday bar. There are, according to the New York Times, going to be 30. I'm sorry. No, 
2 million Domino's pizzas, 30% more than the amount sold on an average Sunday. Pizza's a big thing. Makes perfect sense. Easy to do. Everybody likes it. Boom, bop, bip, and done. 11 million Buffalo Wild Wings. Single biggest day sales for that chain. I've never been. No, wait. I've been once. Didn't have the wings. What did you get? Lasagna? Nope. Pretty sure I had a salad. Pretty sure. You're just I don't even know why. I can't even remember the situation that made me You actually stepped foot in a chain restaurant. Oh, yeah. I've done it before. Were you dragged in? No. It was a business meeting. I had to show up. (laughs) 5.19 million cans of Rotel. That's the diced tomatoes with with the chilies. We made the Rotel dip. That video is there. And we'll put it at Eat, Drink, Smoke Show. Dot com. Four million pounds of Elvita. I actually saw someone I know in Texas found at uh, a Kroger, which is a supermarket. Ralph's in some places, I guess, different names. It was boxes of Elvita and it was on sale. 40 boxes filled their cart with Velveeta. That's a lot of almost cheese. Never going to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> Never going to go to the bathroom again. Then there's what it is that people swear by and their Super Bowl recipes. And uh, the, the question is, Fingers, would you make the crispy loaded Hasselback potato? This is from BuzzFeed. The David Hasselback? No, that's, that's, that's a Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Oh, no. I, 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 what is that? It's a Yukon gold potato. And then you roast them in the oven until tender. And you, but you've, you've put like little like slits in it. You've created little grooves in it with it with a knife. And then you, you, uh, but not all the way through. Then you stuff those with cheese and bake them until they're melted. And then out of the oven, you add, uh, sour cream and bacon and scallions. So it's a potato skin for people who are too lazy to <laughs> like, like carve out the potato. Yeah. You lost me at roasted potatoes. Now they you- were deep fried or put in the air fryer. Then I would be all in. So I'm going to assume that the artichoke dip bread bowl is out of the question. Is that served in prison? Yes. Yes. It's served in the finest prisons <laughs> is, is, is what it's served in. Uh, I'm assuming you don't want to hear about the sticky sesame cauliflower wings. Where is Where's this list from? Oh, California. Clearly. <laughs> Do we have Clear- any tofu dish coming up next? Well, Let's see. Hold on. Let me let me check it right here. Come cheeseburger tots. Okay. <laughs> you take uh, tater tots, mash them into mini uh, muffin tins to create little cups. Then uh, you fill it with a, a mixture of cooked ground beef, sautéed onions, uh, whatever condiments you like, and cheese. Uh, and then and then you uh, then you bake them. Okay, I'll buy that. Now you've been to. A Super Bowl party or three, correct? Mm. Yes, I have. And maybe it's a potluck or a pitch-in, depending on what part of the country you're, you're from, where people will will bring a dish to serve at the Super Bowl party. What's the most disappointing Super Bowl snack you have ever seen at a Super Bowl party? Probably microwave pizza rolls. <laughs> That's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. I get paid to do this. Most disappointing. Oh, fruit salad. You don't like fruit salad at a Super Bowl party? What are you out of your skull? Fruit salad should be part of the food pyramid. What? Oh, it's wonderful. You're talking about whoa, the, whoa, whoa, with, whoa, the whoa. with the whipped cream and the maraschino cherries and all that stuff. That kind of fruit salad. 
I no. Oh, I'm talking about like cantaloupe and honeydew and. Oh, that's terrible. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's awful. I'm glad we got on the same page there. Ooh, wow. This I'm was- talking about the holiday fruit salad. You know, that's like uh, they, they you take like uh, canned fruit and you put the uh, whipped cream in it, and there's maybe some coconuts and maraschino cherries. You know what I'm talking about? You have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't about. have the slightest clue. No. I feel like I should know. You've had it before. I have? Mm-hmm. Did I have it in my many Christmases growing up? <laughs> yes. In my Jewish home? Yes. It's exactly right. I'm not sure uh, that I did. For but me, it's- the veggie tray. <sighs> Carrot sticks and ranch dressing at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It's to make you feel like it's all balancing out. <laughs> that is That is nothing more than a mental play. I love that. I lo- who doesn't love a good crudite? I'm sorry. I said crudite. Oh, I thought you said something else. What did you? <laughs> it wasn't radio friendly. Oh. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am doing a brisket this year. I get pizza. I honestly think there's no such thing as a Super Bowl food. Whatever you're into, you want to order Chinese food, do it. Do it. Yeah. Just enjoy. The question is: Is the game going to be enjoyable? The San Francisco 49ers, the evil San Francisco 49ers against the evil Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got? Can both teams lose? Mm. Is that possible? Maybe. I I don't know. Can the NFL make money off of it? (laughs) They'll figure out a way. Uh, The Chiefs are going to win. I don't think I don't think you can. Everybody keeps waiting for uh, Patrick Mahomes to lose. And I. I don't see how people can bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point. I think he'll have the ball late in the game, and he'll, you know, it'll be close. Well, then just to make it interesting, I will choose the San Francisco 49ers. I like the idea of Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, winning Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey is the guy. I haven't seen much of George Kittle in these playoffs. Maybe this is the time. And the 49ers have a serious defense. Mm -hmm. They can do a job. Let's see if they do it. We'll bet some fruit salad on it. Well, we will not. Smoking the Avo Heritage, the Super Toro, uh, the Special Toro, I'm sorry, 6 by 60 And this 1924 is what they call it, the Old Forester 1924, 10-year bourbon. On the Rock, $125 a bottle. That is something. On the Rock, so much different than neat. That is something indeed. Fingers, uh, I, I, I'm not going to bet you a fruit salad, but if you want to come over for some brisket, we'll have it there. Oh, it's wonderful. It'll be right there for you. I can't wait for the Wagyu brisket. That, <laughs> tell me you want to do it. I'm in. You know what? Too late. It's already ordered. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.